firefighter, a police officer, an EMS professional. You put your life on the line every day for others. You are a part of a worldwide brotherhood of dedicated servants, and you deserve better. We are often our own worst enemies, and it's time to own it. Let's work to improve and change the status quo. That change starts with us, right here, right now. Do more. Be more. Be ignited. Hey everyone, happy Friday to you. I am Ryan Rodriguez and I'm the founder and your host for the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. This podcast is one of my active efforts to help establish a true community of brotherhood among the ranks, and I hope you find some solace in knowing that you aren't alone in your hopes for that. There are others of us out there who are looking to build each other up instead of isolating each other and tearing each other down. We talk about a lot of different things on the show, but keep in mind that it's not isolated to the fire service strictly. The principles we talk about span all industries, all kinds of walks of life. Uh, this episode today, we're going to review what mental health is, how our mental health suffers in the fire service, and we'll also talk about some strategies as to how we can approach talking about mental health in the firehouse. What is mental health? In the fire service and public safety, we joke a lot about having quote-unquote black souls and uh, how cold-hearted we are, but in all seriousness, we wouldn't be so passionate about the jobs that we fought so hard to obtain if we didn't care about helping people. With constant exposure to terrible tragedies and trauma, it's easy to get lost in the callousing of our emotions, and oftentimes our families pay the price for that. So let's talk a little bit about what mental health is. According to mentalhealth.gov, our level of mental health is made up of a balance between emotional, psychological, and social elements. And depending on how we're affected by what we've experienced, we could find ourselves victim to our negative thoughts, feelings, and actions. Through our ability to handle this stress that we, that we are under, or that we might find ourselves submitted to, we can help mitigate the negative effects that the things we see and experience have on us as individuals. If we don't management, I'm sorry, if we don't manage it, or worse, uh, if we ignore that there's even a problem, our relationships suffer and our physical condition suffers as well. These are big reasons why it's so important to have positive outlets where we can diffuse and purge the negative thoughts and feelings we may have as a result of traumatic emergency calls that we respond to. So let's uh, talk a little bit about what some of the warning signs are that you may uh, be able to recognize in yourself or even those around you, those that you, that you work with. Um, so number one, and these, these aren't in any order uh, in particular. Negative attitudes about work. So people that come to work and just hate being there, they barely show up on time, um, or they show up late, or they call out sick a lot. There's just a pattern of them not wanting to be there. Another warning sign is uh, sleeping disorders. Now, according to that mentalhealth.gov, it was you either sleep too much or you don't sleep enough. I mean, I think that kind of goes hand in hand with shift work and what we do as public servants. Um, sleep tends to fall by the wayside. 
And we really need to pay more attention to it and understand that if we don't get the sleep that we need, nothing's really going to work right. Our, our mental capacities are going to be inebriated. Our physical abilities are going to be diminished. No good comes from lack of sleep. And if you just cover it up with uh, substances like energy drinks and, and coffee and act like it's a joke, then, then the joke's really on you. Um, feelings of hopelessness, that things aren't going to get better. Disinterest in things you once enjoyed. If you just used to really love reading books or you used to really love going on bike rides, but you just don't like doing that anymore, you have no motivation to do that, then that's a sign that your, your mental health is suffering. Um, I mentioned using substances just a few minutes ago in, in covering up like your sleeping disorders, but excess use of alcohol, smoking, like tobacco, energy drinks, coffee, things like that, all of these substances that, that alter you or um, you kind of use as a crutch to deal with things, whether it's lack of sleep or dealing with something that's emotionally bothering you, are just going to cover the problem instead of attacking it head on and taking care of yourself. Uh, forgetfulness is another warning sign. You may forget um, things like, <laughs> like what I'm going to say next. No, you may forget to, or you may forget how, how things operate, how you, you know, why did I walk into this room? Or you forget to bring things to work, or you forget to talk about different things to different people. You forget to include something in your reports, things like that. When you find yourself mentally slipping, it's a sign of, of mental health being affected. Uh, one of the big warning signs in our industry is a quick rise to anger. And anger is a defensive emotion. It tends to flare up when someone's feeling attacked or when they're being asked to confront or talk about something that they just don't want to. This can be for a number of different reasons, but ultimately it's something that must be dealt with. And if not, it will harden within your psyche and solidify the wall that you are trying to build in efforts to protect yourself. When in reality, all you're doing is isolating yourself from other people, which is not good. Um, addressing these issues, these warning signs is challenging. It is, um, recognizing them. Sometimes we just don't, as we go day by day, sometimes we just don't notice that something's wrong. This is where I would hope you can rely on those people that you work with or those people that you're around closely to pick up on some of these warning signs. And, and now that you're aware of them, now that I've just talked about them, maybe you can kind of be a little bit more aware of those warning signs in the people you work with and help them out. Um, we're all, we all deal with the same issues. We may, we might not be dealing with them all at the same time, but we're all, we've all dealt with them in one capacity or another, but oftentimes we're unwilling to discuss them. So how do you start the conversation? Being mindful and honest in clear communication with your crew can help get things started. And let's talk about some of the action steps that we can take to get this conversation going. So we're going to talk about five things that you can do to set a standard of open communication when it comes to mental health and your crew. First thing, talk openly about how a difficult call made you feel. It's not easy to talk about feelings in the firehouse. I am aware of that, but it's needed now more than ever. With suicide rates among firefighters on the rise, police officers on the rise, 
Now is the time to take steps to stop that from ever being something that crosses our minds. Just like how, when taking a class, the instructor may encourage people to ask questions as others may have the same question, the same goes for openly talking about how these traumatic calls affect us. Someone else may be dealing with a whirlwind of feelings about it and may be confused as to how to deal with them. And, ju- and also, just like training on the fire ground, the more we openly discuss how things have affected us or how we feel about those things, the easier it will become. This step starts with us. It starts with you. It starts with me. As we lead the way to open discussion about the things we face, it helps to let others know that it's okay to do the same. Second thing we need to do, practice active listening. As a part of our job, we're continually asking questions and listening to our patients' answers in order to formulate what's called a differential diagnosis. And we do this so we can provide the proper medical treatment and we can formulate the proper treatment plan. What good would any of those questions do if we didn't take time to actively listen to their answers? The same goes for interactions at the firehouse. Don't you want to be heard? When, when, you're, when you're talking about something, don't you appreciate when people are listening? Or do you, I mean, I know when I'm talking to somebody and they take their phone out right in the middle of something I'm trying to say, I just want to stop talking. I don't even want to finish what I'm saying because obviously they're not paying attention to what it is I'm saying. So why talk? Why finish? Why even talk to them in the first place so they don't care? In order to show others that you're willing to listen, you have to do just that. Listen, no one is going to want to be open and talk about things when they feel like no one is listening. When we feel like no one cares, we tend to stay quiet, just like I'd mentioned. This is what's killing us, and and it's what is killing our positive relationships within the firehouse. One method that I found really effective is to only ask questions. Not only does this let people know that you're listening, but it shows others that you don't just make the conversation about you. How often do we find ourselves turning the conversation to ourselves? I mean, I know we're, we tend to be an egocentric bunch. And so naturally we want to talk about, oh, I had that experience too, or oh, I feel this way. But we need to learn to be more generous with our communication and make it less about us and more about the people that we're talking to. I mean, we wouldn't do that to a patient, right? I mean, when they tell us, oh, I'm having these headaches, and oh, I've got headaches too. We want to get to the source of their problem. We don't want to Stack our problems on top of them. Number three, be mindful of your words. And this is relative to one of the four agreements that I talked about back in episode six. If you haven't listened to it yet, I would highly encourage you to do so so you can gain some more insight into what it means to be impeccable with your word. The most meaningful and beneficial conversations I've ever had have been when I've been extra purposeful and careful in the words that I use to communicate. Careless and callous language makes people put up an instant barrier. As firefighters, I get it. We're no strangers to swear words and bad language. I understand. I know a guy who can't go two words without using the F word in every conversation he has. I'm telling you, this includes conversations when he talks to his wife and his children. And when I hear this person talk, I instantly dismiss anything they have to say because... They don't show respect to the people that they're talking to. To me, that doesn't show respect. He isn't being mindful in his conversations, which tells me that he isn't being purposefully respectful. And who wants to talk to someone like that, really? 
what's more is that oftentimes firefighters use that kind of language to mask deep-seated emotional issues. We often hear, and maybe even sometimes are guilty of saying the term, suck it up, buttercup. But being condescending towards someone and making them feel like their feelings are invalid is exactly the kind of stigma that we should be making efforts to purge from our profession. That's not professional. And to have the attitude of, that's the way we've always done it, or this is the fire service, toughen up, has never served us. It has never served us. It, I mean, the pattern is obviously representing that, the pattern of, of mental health issues and suicides. It's obviously representing the fact that these mentalities and these statements do nothing to help us. Nothing amazing has ever happened as a result of that's the way we've always done it. And as these suicide numbers continue to climb within the fire service and public safety community, we cannot afford to harbor ignorant attitudes like that. We just cannot. Next action step we can take. Speak one-on-one. -on -one. Mental health is often the last thing firefighters want to talk about. In a world of ego and alpha males, physical health and prowess take the spotlight. You know, working out, looking good, being physically capable. This is exactly why substance abuse and depression grow in the dark. If we can purposefully and openly talk about mental health and keep a spotlight on it, those negative and destructive elements won't have the opportunity to grow. We need to make it easier for each other to openly talk about this. But can we just start blurting things out at the dinner table? No, no, maybe not right off the bat. Maybe we can get to that point and that would be great but not right off the bat. This is why it's also important for us to be able to speak to each other one-on-one. -on -one. Use opportunities where you can have meaningful conversations. They don't have to be long and drawn out. They can even be a simple, hey man, are you doing okay after that call? Sometimes just knowing that someone else on your crew is aware and actually cares can be enough for someone to keep negative thoughts from creeping in their way. One of the last things that maybe even the most one of the most important action steps that we can take. Don't be afraid to talk about treatment. We need to make it very clear that there's nothing wrong with seeking help. We don't come down on the people that call 911 for needing help. So why do we think we're above needing help ourselves? I mean, I get it. Sometimes when people have bloody noses or or broken fingers or whatnot, we're thinking, okay, is this really an emergency? I mean, is it really... But to that person, obviously it is. And really, that's, that's the whole reason we're there. And we may scoff and laugh about it and joke about it. But, but isn't that the reason why we're the ones on the fire trucks? Because those things to us aren't emergencies. And so we obviously have the capacity to handle it, to mitigate it, to help others who may feel like those things are emergencies to them. So just... Like if you aren't physically healthy and capable of performing your duties when those tones kick out, if our mental health is suffering, how can we be at our top game when we have to think through processes and formulate proper treatment plans when the clock is ticking, when time is of the essence? Everyone needs help from time to time. None of us are superheroes, no matter how badly we want to be. Oftentimes we, we define who we are by being a firefighter, by being a firefighter, paramedic, whatever. But we need to realize that 
we're people first before, before anything. We're people. So I'm going to challenge you this week to look into your organization's mental health program. Some might have a peer support team. Some may have uh, a program offered through your, your benefits package. But regardless, do some recon to see what kind of resources are out there for you if you need some help. And if you aren't interested in doing this for yourself, then do it for your brothers and sisters who may one day come to you for that help. Don't you want to have some answers for them? Don't you want to be able to help them if and when the time comes? I hope you take that challenge seriously, guys. I really do. Start the conversation in your firehouse or in your office. Be the beacon and the one people know they can go to for help. Ultimately, isn't that what you signed up for? It's time we start offering help to each other instead of only helping complete strangers. When you are brave and take the first steps to talk about mental health out in the open, you're giving permission for others to do the same. Stoke the flames of that conversation. As always, guys, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you tuning in. Please download, review, give me some reviews on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast. I hope as we get further along in this effort, we become closer to our crew members, friends, and families. Our mental health is so important, guys. It's so important. And I hope I've made it clear just how passionate I am about that. Do me a favor. Like I said, if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and leave a review. It really helps anyone looking to find something that speaks to them when you offer legitimate feedback on why you appreciate and listen to the show. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at IgnitedFF. And also, I'm inviting you all to join the Ignited Firefighters Facebook group. This is where firefighters and and first responders can come together and share our experiences, perspectives, and challenges. By having these meaningful discussions, we can refine and support each other as we serve our communities. I look forward to discussing ideas and topics like the one we've talked about today with you inside the group. And until next time, own it and be hard to kill out there.